Hi, and welcome to Union Podcast. My name is Jamie Wolfer, and I'm a wedding planner who absolutely loves to share how I got started and scale my business to above six figures in this amazing and occasionally extremely competitive industry. In this podcast, I share the tech, tactics, mindset, and mistakes that got me to where I am today. No gatekeeping, no cloak and dagger, just full disclosure and a little humor along the way. So whether you're a planner or a solopreneur, my goal is for you to be a better business person than I ever could have been and support you on this journey. Let's dive into this week's episode. Today's episode is one of my favorite things in the entire world, and that is a live Q&A from one of our union What questions are the best when discussing the vision and design concept to help make thoughtful decisions? You should go watch the how to design your wedding using Pinterest in the master plan. That is kind of the best way if you don't have any design experience or if this is not your jam and you're like, I am not interested in trying to design an event for somebody. It's not my gift. That would be a great place to start because that's honestly how I tell people who don't know how to design to do it. Now, when it comes to if this is already what you like to do, if it's already what you're enjoying doing, then you probably need a little bit less direction. I like to focus on things like color, texture, and overall vibe. That's what I'm trying to get out of the client or what I'm trying to get out of their Pinterest board, what I'm looking for when I'm viewing their Pinterest board. What do they want it to feel like? And that's how I kind of prefer to design is what do you want it to feel like? So I pay attention to stuff like lighting, different textures, like are there any unique textures on the tabletop or in the florals? Do they have something compact or do they have something flowing? Yeah, I think the styles meeting three. I think that would be the best option to help you with that a little bit more specifically. How do you hire assistants on an as-needed basis when you are just starting? Fantastic question. First of all, if there's someone in this group or in the Facebook group that lives near you, everyone just jumps in to help. And it's super cute and it's super precious and it's not something we planned on. I will never forget the first time that like two of, it was our very first cohort, one gal crossed straight state lines to go help somebody else with an event because they were both getting started. One was in Oregon, one was in Washington and like literally drove across the border to go help her with something. It might've been 15 minutes, but it was across the border. Okay. It was a big deal. Um, And they just helped each other out. So you could find someone in this group that would be willing to do that with you. Check there first. If not, Facebook groups in general are where I kind of got started. Hey, we're looking for a freelance assistant. Use all the fancy language. <laughs> a freelance assistant for an upcoming event. Um, if you're interested, please send your resume to blah, 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 blah. Basically, just somebody respond. Let's call it what it is, right? Just like, I just need a warm body who doesn't mouth breathe too much to come hang out with me and put candles in places, right? So um, wedding Facebook groups are fantastic. Ours is about... I think last I checked was like 46,000 people in there. Um, that could be a great option. It's mostly geared towards couples, but there are professionals in there as well in case you're like, hey, a little off topic, but I'm a wedding planner looking for an assistant. I'd go there. And I've also gotten, gotten, mm-hmm, that's the word. I've gotten assistance from expos where people walk around with their resumes and pass them out. Like I had a gal who worked with me for like six months freelance, just all a cart. I was like, hi, here's my resume. I was like, okay. She thinks I'm a professional. She just like handed me her resume. Like, no problem. It was my first one. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a look. That's where I've looked for assistance in the past. And we have had that kind of solved every single time, which has been great. Oh, there's two in SoCal. Perfect. And, And do networking events. That's a good idea. Wait, that's way smarter. You should do that too. You should find people to network with. What are some DIY bride friendly resources that you know of? not quite sure how to answer this question. Aubrey, if you're in here, if there's, if you want to do a little bit of follow-up on that, I would love to answer that specifically. Most places that people will DIY most readily would be florals, 
decor. Those are the ones I'm more comfortable with signage when they start DIYing food or alcohol or rentals, like rentals, rentals. That's where things get a little dicey. So I tend to just stick in the decor section. Um, I can't think of anything else that I could recommend to you off the top of my head for DIY bride friendly resources, other than what I'm already sharing on my channel, which is the cheesiest. Well, if you check out my YouTube channel, you'll find lots of resources. Other than that, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> How do you have your workflows organized? So HoneyBook. HoneyBook has everything according to the event. So all of the communication, and this is another reason why I like it. I don't know if the other options have this, but, and they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> I just don't like the other ones as much as I like HoneyBook. All of the email communication is attached to your HoneyBook account as well, like attached to their file. So you can see it in your inbox or you can see it in HoneyBook as well. You can separate the emails outside of that, but if you maintain the threads, it will stay active in there. So that's where we kind of keep those workflows. You can also import documents or import spreadsheets. And so it's all stored in the same location. For a long time, I was the queen of Google Drive when it came to all my client stuff. I have since moved it a lot more actively into HoneyBook. As far as other organizational stuff, I still use Google Drive for a lot, more so than Dropbox, just because I like the user interface. And then we use stuff like Slack for communication if we need to, but I'm not quite sure how much you're looking for in response to that. The answer to everything is HoneyBook, just from here on out. How many weddings do you recommend? HoneyBook. How many weddings do you recommend doing when just starting? for a combination of full, partial, and coordination. I don't know. How much time do you have? It's less how many I recommend. I don't know if you have a full-time job. I don't know if you have a part-time job. I don't know if you're like, I'm quitting and I'm out of this place and I now need to make money to cover that. So it's it kind of just depends on where you're at financially. I would first determine how much money you need to make off of this. How much money do you need? Are we replacing a job? Or are we just, is this part-time in addition to? If we're replacing a job, start there. And then we're definitely not working events for free, are we? No, 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 no. <laughs> if we're replacing a job where we're making 30, 40K, we're going to want to make sure we hit the ground running, right? We're going to rip off that Band-Aid and go. Now, if it's, I'm going to take the next three years and this is going to be a side hustle until financially that it makes sense to leave this job, there's not a wrong answer here. I was in a fortunate position where my husband could work full-time. And so I was able to just go for it that I didn't have to worry about offsetting my income because he scored a great job and we were financially very blessed in that regard. Start with what you need and backtrack from there. If it's all bonus, then it's what can you emotionally afford to do? Um, one a month is perfectly healthy pacing. 12 a year, that's a lot for your first year. That's a lot, but you're probably not going to get even across the board one a month. You know, you're probably not going to get a January, one February, one March. Probably going to have like 17 in October because that's the new it month, right? You're like, I only have so many October Saturdays, but everyone wants them. Uh, you're going to get nothing in January, like four in June. You know, it's just, it's not going to be that consistent. I think my first year or first 18 months to 24 months, because obviously they don't book all perfectly in one year of that first, however many, maybe eight were month of coordination out of let's say 14. And then four were partial planning and two were full planning. So that pacing worked out well for me with having kids, with still running my household. And that was still, you know, a lot for that first season.
As a wedding planner, it is my utmost goal to ensure my client's satisfaction, within reason, that is. And while I will probably never be the wedding planner that schedules dress appointments and handpicks pocket square samples, that doesn't mean I want my clients to miss out on a personalized experience when it comes to their wedding attire. That's why I love partnering with Generation Tux. On top of fantastic fitting suits, they offer literally award-winning customer service that will take care of your clients the way that you do. All you have to do is join the Generation Tux Partner Program, and your dedicated partner representative will help you go from there. Through you, your clients will enjoy sleek suits, sincere service, and a sweet discount to boot. And as a thank you, Generation Tux will send you a reward for every suit rental booked to make it even more worth your while. As if the other benefits weren't good enough, am I right? Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash GT Partner to sign up today. We're going to interrupt this podcast for just a moment because there is a screaming deal that you guys absolutely have to take advantage of. You see, I've been using HoneyBook in my business for like, I don't know, the last four years or so. And honestly, no kidding, this is one of the best decisions I have made. It makes it so easy for me to keep track of clients, keep track of details, and to avoid that dreaded accidental double booking. Did anybody else just shudder when I said that out loud? Because that totally did. But the good news is with HoneyBook, you don't have to worry about any of those things. It is literally made for wedding vendors like you and me. But the reason that we're talking about them today is because they are offering a screaming deal that you have to take advantage of. For the next eight months, if you sign up right now, for the next eight months, all you got to pay is $1 a month. $1 a month. This is ridiculous please head over there and sign up and make your life so much easier. Head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash dollar because it's a dollar a month. All right, back to your regular scheduled programming. Surprisingly, this question is not a plant. <laughs> um, we have the super large Facebook group, the one that I've already recommended. Don't know if we've linked it. Um, we've got that one, but we are also actively working towards creating the membership forums where y'all can chat there. Because one thing that you'll learn as, as you're building your audience on social media, like sometimes we just don't own that audience. So to be able to have a place where we can hold your answers to questions or have your questions where other people can continue to benefit from them in a more perpetual way is really beneficial to everyone who's ever joined this. That one of the, the accidental byproducts of this program has been the community. It's wild. We did not, I didn't expect people to cross state lines to go help each other. Like I didn't think any, I, it was radical. Been so fun to witness and so fun to foster that when it was not the intent. Um, and the first group of gals just took it and ran with it and it has not stopped. So that's what, that's our really big intent right there is to make sure that y'all are involved in the membership forums. Yes. Thank you for phrasing that really well. We don't let people sell their services in there, but you can help people as a way to get them to learn more about you. Yes. We will be phasing out some of those Facebook groups, but the large one will remain. And honestly, I don't like being spammy in Facebook groups anyways, being like, hi, I'm a wedding planner. You should book me. Instead, get in there and learn. Watch, take notes, see what people are asking, write that down. Watch other people's responses, right? Like in the beginning when you're like, I don't know how to answer that. I don't see what everyone else says. <clears throat> and then you're like, oh, wait, that's good. I wouldn't copy it exactly, but I like the vibe of what you're sharing. Or I like the spirit or I like the intent. I'm going to, I'm going to run that through my own personal hopper and figure out how I'd respond to that. That is the huge benefit of joining that group. The big group will definitely stay around. Yeah. Okay. How exactly do you create boundaries with things that you do and do not do? Are the do nots something that should be included in the package info? Ooh. Okay. Boundaries is one of my favorite words. <laughs> So you'll learn that as you go through this. 
<laughs> do not play a drinking game for every time the, that Jamie says the word boundaries. Why? Because I didn't have any in the beginning. I said yes to everything. And I was like, do that for sure. No, I could. I'll be there. Yeah. You, you want me at your flower decorating group activity? Yeah. And then I ended up running the entire thing and I wasn't paid for it. I thought I was like, oh yeah, no, I'll come do flowers with you. How did I end up running this? You know, those kinds of things where I just, I just thought that I had to throw in everything in the kitchen sink to make my clients really happy with my services. And my yes was not a clear yes. My no was not a clear no. And then I ended up kind of getting myself into sticky situations. Now, some of you might be going into this with way better boundaries than I started with. So take all that with a grain of salt and a whole lot of grace, but I did not. Um, one thing that I have, I highly recommend that you guys do is take the Enneagram test if you have not done so yet. In fact, if you have, drop it in the chat. Let me know what your numbers are because I have a theory on uh, who, what numbers we tend to see the most of here. And I want to see if that, mm-hmm. oh, a six wing five and a five wing six. All right. There goes my theory. <laughs> we have had a batch of like two wing threes. And I'm like, what, where are all of these helpers with like energy coming from? I don't understand a one wing two. Oh, you're going to like those details, Rachel. You're going to be on them. You're going to be like, don't even worry about it. I got like 17 checklists. Let's party. So if you don't know what the Enneagram is, it's basically just like a personality test on crack, right? So I am a three. I love people. People's opinions are very precious to me, which has its great sides and has its downsides. So that was not something I was effective at. That was not a good thing that I, I didn't have those kinds of boundaries, which is why this business has been one of the best things that's ever happened to me because now I covet boundaries and I love them. And I think that they're so great. And I used them with my kids and I've used them in relationships, but for some reason I didn't think to have that crossover into business and learning that, you know, that whole, just be confident. Okay. You know, no, you actually have to build up what that looks like and you have to get there. And part of that for me was this boundary journey. So I've tangented a little bit. <laughs> How do you create the boundaries? Sometimes they create themselves. Sometimes you're like, oh, oops, I didn't explain that effectively. I'm going to need to run that back through. If a boundary is crossed, it's not, not if, when a boundary is crossed, you will need to decide how you're going to tackle it, what you're going to say. Hey, that's actually outside of what our current uh, package includes. If you'd like to add that on, here's an additional fee for that. That's a great way of just removing the feelings from it, right? Like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I love that you want me to be involved in everything. That's actually not a part of our current packaging. I can add it on for this cost or that's actually falls under this vendor's category or that's just not something that's listed in our services. And that'll be something that you firm up as you go. We have a whole section on boundaries. So we will dive into that a little bit more effectively as you go on through the mastermind. Are the do not something that should be included in the package info? They can. Now, in the very beginning, I used to go through the proposal with the clients. Be like, here's what this means. And here's what this means. And here's, because clients, God bless them. They don't read contracts. The only ones that read contracts are lawyers. <laughs> the only ones that read contracts are lawyers. So in the very beginning, I'd be like, hi, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to go over this together real quick. Cause I just want, and I always say, I want you to feel confident in what you're signing. Cause I do, I don't want there to be any questions or like go over this with a fine tooth comb and come back. Like you should, this is a legally binding document. You should feel good. Like you're spending thousands of dollars on my services. I want you to be like real confident signing that dotted line or typing on that dotted line. I read all of my contracts when my husband and I got married. It drove people crazy. Good for you. <laughs> 
Absolutely. That is a very smart way of handling that because sometimes you'll see stuff in there. Like I read a contract once that said it was a photographer's contract and it said that the wedding planner was supposed to bring them dinner. And I was like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, I mean, if I can, sure. And I definitely am that type. I love to bring people food. If the DJ stuck, I'm like, do you want dinner? Do you want me, do you want me to go get you dinner? Not the guy with the CDs. I didn't bring him dinner. Mm-mm. He got it on his own. Well, he also went to the bar multiple times on his own. So he was, he was full freelance the whole night. And you're just like, that's great. That was, a, that was an awful wedding. That was the one in the Mitten building. And he like legitimately stopped playing music to find a song. And it was crickets for like seven minutes. And he was wasted by the end of the night. Woof, them DJs, friends, them DJs. And it's usually not as bad when they're their vendors because they don't have a microphone. When they have the microphone, <laughs> it's, it's chaotic. I am off the rails. No. Okay. So as far as the do nots, <laughs> you will kind of see them as they come, right? They will be one of those like, you know, I'm not comfortable doing whatever you just mentioned. You'll need to deliver that information immediately, right? So, but usually a good blanket disclaimer that covers most of the problems that we run into, not all, but most, is if there's usually a professional vendor that handles it on a wedding day, we do not offer that service. So setting out centerpieces, usually there's a florist. Putting out signs, is there normally a calligrapher at the wedding day? No. So that tends to be like a pretty good blanket disclaimer. Now, if the client's never had any experience with a wedding or they're just not entirely sure, I am happy to explain to them what the services are. And usually I'll poke a little bit of fun at the industry and be like, no one really knows what we do anyways. So like, if you need extra clarification, I'd be really happy. People either think that we are literally Jennifer Lopez from the wedding planner. And like, I'm walking around with super glue in a fanny pack at all times. And I go to every single appointment with you, or they just think that like, I'm a ghost and I'm not around, but there's very little in between. So sometimes we have to um, explain a little bit more clearly what we do. And you'll find that as you explain what you do, the do nots just inherently kind of come out or are better defined because you're like, here's where I live. I don't live over there. I don't live over there. I live right here. So hopefully that answers that question and provides a little bit more clarity. How far is too far to travel to a wedding expo? I'm located in Ventura, California and plan on servicing Ventura, Santa Barbara and San Fernando Valley. Going to Orange County too far for an expo for my ideal client. Yes. Absolutely. Especially because, I mean, Santa Barbara is like, it helps that I know California, right? Santa Barbara and uh, San Juan are very far, very, very, very far from one another. Um, We're looking at, I mean, and when I say very far, I mean, if you end an event and want to drive home that night, you can't. So have I worked plenty of events in, you could, but if you end at 11 o'clock at night, you could get home at whatever time in the morning. That's up to you. I personally don't like to drive more than two, two and a half hours after the end of an event. I prefer to not drive more than an hour and a half. So anything that's beyond that, I get a hotel room for. But to go to an expo that is that far away, you have no guarantee that you're going to get a large amount of people close to you. So that's going to be potentially a ton of traveling to Orange County. You might be getting a lot of people from San Diego. So if you are looking, if you're like, I have no idea what she's talking about, just go based off of distance. And I think that's something that we cover probably in a a later module as well. I put 60 miles as a travel limit for us. Anything above that, um, I will charge for, whether it's a cost per mile or it's, and I think we have the language specifically shared in the mastermind as well, in case you just want to copy paste, right? If it's like, if it's outside of this amount of space, then 
I require a hotel room because I just don't want to drive to the rehearsal and then drive home and then come back for the next day for the wedding and then drive home. So can you go to Orange County for an expo? Sure. Should you? I wouldn't. Hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) That's all we have for this week's episode, guys. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor, screenshot that episode and share it on socials. Tag me in it. I would love to see Wolfer and Co. on Instagram. Let me know if you're enjoying it. You can also let me know if you didn't enjoy it, but I'm probably not going to reshare that one. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you in the next one.